0: Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, robed in white, and where have they come from? I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I pulled the Oxford Dictionary of the Christian Church off of my bookshelf this past week. Apparently, it is one of those rarely sought out books on my bookshelf because I overlooked it three times before finally locating it, and I had to blow a little dust off of the cover. I was looking for a black and white definition for the term communion of saints that term communion of saints is mentioned a good bit in the episcopal church it is a ninth article of belief stated in the apostles creed the communion of saints it sounds so lovely and something we hope to be numbered among but what is it this is a definition i was given the communion of saints is interpreted as a spiritual union existing between each Christian and Christ, and so between every Christian, whether in heaven, purgatory, or on earth. <clears throat> you see, they had me until I mentioned purgatory. That word caused me to cringe somewhat, so I decided to look for an Anglican definition. What better place to look for an Anglican definition than the catechism in the back of our own book of common prayer? The definition there states, The communion of saints is the whole family of God, the living and the dead, those whom we love and those whom we hurt, bound together in Christ by sacrament, prayer, and praise. Now, I think that definition will do very nicely. So now that we have a definition of the communion of saints, what does that holy throng look like? Who belongs in the communion of saints? What earns a person the right to be numbered among them? Do you have to be a good person? Do you have to look a certain way? Do you have to behave a certain way? Do you have to think a certain way? Do you have to believe a certain way? Is there a list of items you must accomplish before entry? Perhaps a checklist of sorts? Is there a manual or a handbook that can provide guidance for us? For help with this, let us turn to our reading from Revelation. That's right, I am about to preach on Revelation, so listen up. John's Revelation describes a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. One of the elders asked John, Who are these robed in white and where have they come from? This same question has been a source of debate between biblical scholars throughout the centuries. Who are these robed in white? Are they angels? Are they martyrs? Exactly who are they? This multitude in Revelation is not only countless, but its nationality, its allegiance, its creed, its beliefs, its languages, its sexual orientation, its race, and every other description which we separate us from them is boundless and limitless. And Jesus Christ knows each of them by name because John's vision reveals that Christ died for each person in this multitude. Their robes have been made white in the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. This countless, boundless multitude is the communion of saints. So who are they and what do they look like? Sarah and I were on our way home from a wedding in Memphis last month. We were in northern Panola County, about 10 miles outside of Batesville. We both looked over in the northbound lane of I-55 to see a car flipping end over end in the median. It looked as if it could possibly make its way over to the southbound lane where we were. We quickly hit the brakes and pulled off onto the shoulder. The car came to a rest in the median upside down. And if you have ever seen a car upside down with living souls that are inside, you know it is quite unsettling. I got out of our car while Sarah grabbed her phone to call 911. Other travelers had also seen the turmoil and had stopped further away from where we were. So I was the first person to approach the car. Never had I been in this type of a situation As I approached the car, I prepared myself for what I might see. As I walked around the car, attempting to search for an access point to the inside, I heard some rummaging around. I got down on my hands and knees and was able to see inside the car through the shattered window on the passenger side. An older lady, disheveled and confused, had just freed herself from her seatbelt. Ma'am, are you okay? I asked. Yes, I think so. Are you the only one in the car? Yes, she replied. I breathed a sigh of relief. As she started making her way to my side of the car, I assured her that first responders were on the way, but that I would need some help getting her out of the car. It was about that time that they all showed up. One was a white, middle-aged man dressed in blue jeans and a company t-shirt, and one was about my age who looked as if he had just come from the gym. Both of these gentlemen helped get the lady out of her car, and one was an African-American off-duty police officer dressed in his Sunday best on his way to church who immediately began directing traffic, and one was a nurse. And boy, were we lucky to have her numbered among us, as she immediately attended to the lady's cuts and bruises. And one was a pediatric physical therapist who offered a cold bottle of water to the lady. And one was a small Hispanic woman who could only ask in broken English, how may I help? And one was a truck driver who came with his fire extinguisher in case it was needed. And one was a greasy, dirty tow truck driver who came over to inspect the car to make sure there was no danger of a fire. One crawled back into the car to retrieve the lady's cell phone, wallet, and keys. One was a teenager who had seen the whole wreck happen but was too frightened to approach the scene. And one is an Episcopal priest whose faith in humanity was greatly restored. So, who are numbered among the communion of saints? And what do they look like? The two men who helped the lady out of the car. The African American directing traffic. The nurse. The physical therapist. The Hispanic woman who spoke no English. The two truck drivers. The one who retrieved the cell phone, wallet, and keys. The frightened teenager. The Episcopal priest and the lady whose life they all cared about. The homeless at our daily bread, the stranger whom we often fear, the refugee we often refuse to welcome, the outcast, the poor, the marginalized, the liberal, the conservative, the member of the LGBT community, those who live in places we dare not go, the Muslim, the Hindu, the Jew, the Buddhist, the addict, the sin-sick, those who were killed this day at a church in Sutherland Springs, Texas, the member of our military, and Wells Langston Winters who was baptized today, and also the body of Christ gathered here at the Chapel of the Cross right now. These are the multitude. These are those who are robed in white. These are the members of the communion of saints, you and me. Amen.